Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. Right now, share, share, share. Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Where is the Prophet's Dictionary? Is it over here? There should be one over here. She is going to be teaching on prophecy. The Prophecy Clinic is open. And it'll be, I think, a mini-series that she's doing on Thursday. Dr. Price has done so many things. Sometimes it's easy to forget that she is the author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Uh, She is an established authority on the subject of the prophetic. Not just, not only, not singly, prophecy, but the institution of the prophetic, which includes the office. Dr. Price is the person who introduced the whole reality of gift versus office. Nobody was saying that before she wrote probably what? Um, prophecy, uh, constructing the contemporary prophet, maybe. And so gift versus office was not really a thing that people acknowledged or recognized until she wrote it. What defines somebody as being a thought leader and what defines someone as being a trendsetter is, in fact, and why you have to get your Ph.D., what qualifies you for a Ph.D., is that you create or invent something that changes the way people live life. So it's not just enough to say something deep. It's not enough to be profound. But is what you have invented, created, written, brought into existence that did not exist before, but will lives be changed? Will the way people live life be changed? So welcome, welcome, welcome to the Jesus and Paula show. Share with your friends. What's love you saying? Oh, Lord, hopefully I can contain myself while in the office. It's going to get good. Yes. And I'm so sorry that you have to go back in the office after like two and a half years of being at home. <laughs> so share. Everybody share and post and tag people. The Prophecy Clinic is open today with the one and only Dr. Paula Price. So she wrote the Prophecy Dictionary years ago, decades ago. And the prophetic has changed because of the existence of this book. People require their students to purchase this book. It is a training manual and a supplemental tool for schools around the world. The Prophet's Dictionary is around the world. It is in several languages. Obviously, it is in English. We have a Spanish version. It's abbreviated, but it is a Spanish version. There is a Korean translation. I believe there is a Bulgarian, I want to say it's Bulgaria. One of the countries also has a translation of this book. So it has gone around the world. Oh, Patrice Strickland said, I just ordered a copy last night. All right, way to go. Um, I think this is one of the few resource manuals that people have said over the years that they sit down and read from beginning to end. They read from A to Z, literally, just like it is any kind of other book where you start at the beginning and go to the end. And I encourage you, if you don't have your copy of the Prophet's Dictionary, where have you been? I don't know, maybe you just haven't heard of it. The Prophet's Dictionary, you can order it on Amazon. You can order it at uh, 
ptmglobalresources.com, where we sell products. Pretty much anywhere books are sold, you can key in the Prophet's Dictionary and find this book. I don't think people realize that. You can go at least over the years. I'm not sure about currently. You go over the years, walmart.com, I think. Target may have sold it. Barnes & Noble, of course. You can order it from there. So this book has made its rounds around the world. And so many people credit their knowledge of the prophetic to Dr. Paula Price. Now, we have our conference in June, the Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute, and we want you to be here. Here's why she's also doing, well, I can't actually say exactly why she's doing this, because we didn't get that deep in the conversation. However, this is why I'm glad she's doing this uh, Prophecy Clinic series, is because people don't know what makes us different from other prophetic events. And see, sometimes you can meet the offspring of a person and get caught up in that, their charismatics, their personality, all those things. But then when you meet the founder, the originator, it's a completely different caliber, not taking away from anybody else because you don't have to put people down in order to lift somebody else up. That's just, you don't have to do that. So this is not about trashing everybody else or saying that because they're not Dr. Walla Bryce that they're not doing anything in the prophetic. That's just ridiculous to even say. What this is all about is that the general, who of course is now an apostle, like the apostle Paul, Jesus Christ came as a prophet. He left as an apostle. Raises up prophets. You need both mantles. The apostle's mantle tempers the prophet. The prophet fires you up, okay? The prophet is the forerunner. The prophets went ahead of Jesus Christ for a long time. They were talking about him coming in. In this morning's devos, we were talking about John the Baptist. And prepare you the way of the Lord, and behold, and he's coming, and he comes before me, even though he was born after me, and I'm not worthy to tie the man's shoes. So prophets are always going to be essential. As you know, if you've been uh, following us, that God starts everything with a prophet, for sure his prophet. <laughs> she did mention that, I think, the other week. And so you want to get this book, The Prophet's Dictionary. In the Prophecy Clinic, you're going to find out what makes Dr. Price's teaching of the prophetic different, what makes her teaching on prophecy different. We want you to bring it. We're going to show this commercial in just a second. We want you to bring your groups, your teams, your teenagers. We have a youth conference as well running simultaneously right here at the embassy for our teenagers. I want teens to come. I'm overseeing the teen conference, Identity, the Key to Destiny, and we're going to talk about why your young people's identity is the key to destiny. Before we jump headlong into them being prophetic and what they should do with their prophetic, let's see if they know who they are first. Let's start with that. And so we want you to be here, so tag your friends. Tag them right now. And think of three people that you know who need to hear about this. It doesn't matter if they're working right now. They'll get the notification later. Watch it after work. Watch it this weekend. But tag at least three people. Share this. Even share it in people's messengers. Sometimes I put things in their messenger because everybody doesn't want everything on their main page. I don't. Hint, hint. Please stop. <laughs> Sit this water. I'm just saying, okay? I message a lot of people things that I want them to watch long before I share it to their page. You know, I feel like 
sharing on somebody's page is like putting a sign in their lawn. You just don't put any old sign. You have to ask permission to, to put a sign in somebody's lawn. So stop. And for the love of God, tagging me and everything. Just don't. But tag three people that you know. <laughs> Need to see this, okay? Not, <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right. I'm like, you know how people, if you're a minister, then everybody wants you to know what they're doing, and so they tag 92 people, 85. You know what, guys? That's called a mailing list. And you need to send out an email if you're starting to tag that many people. But that's not what this moment is all about. This moment is about the Sons of Prophetic Training Institute, and we're going to play this quick commercial break and be right back.
You want to get this. You want to attend. You want to register. Let me answer this question. Are you streaming your event? No. We are not streaming the Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute. It is boots on the ground registration only. We might go live for a piece of worship sometimes every now and again. We'll do a pop-up. <laughs> Maybe uh, Dr. Price goes on a, a prophetic vein or something that she wants everybody to hear in that moment. Maybe. But other than that, don't, don't pray about it because it's not going to happen. <laughs> don't intercede. Don't waste your prayer closet time with that. If Lord talk to her and tell her that uh, she needs to stream this event, it's, it's not going to happen. Because people invest a lot of money in coming to events, plane tickets, hotel, meals, all kinds of things, taking days off of work from their job. And so she, she has always believed that it's just not righteous to offer for $85 or $100 or $150 to the world what somebody has paid $1,500, $2,000 maybe dollars for in total. You buy your merchandise, you sow your seed, your offering. And, and so that's why you want to be here for the event. That's not probably never going to change. We don't apologize for that. And when the people come, you know what? Every, I think almost everybody who comes, especially those who have been watching for a long time online, what do they say? It is so different to be in the room. It is so different. Now, Dr. Price is anointed. As we say, the anointing knows no boundaries. There is no uh, restriction in prayer. Just send the word. We know where all that comes from. But there was something different about Jesus being there than sending. The impartation is completely different when you're in the room, in the environment, in the womb of what is going on. So June 15th through the 18th, Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute, and as Dr. Price is teaching on the subject of prophecy in the prophecy clinic or whatever she's going to say, understand this is why you want to be here. This is why you want to come. And now it's so easy for people to be, it's easier than ever before, to be passive, to be lazy, to not invest, because, you know, in this post-COVID era, where just stay home and stay safe and stay comfortable, and, and people have become professional hibernators. I mean, they've, they've been working, and we laughed with Lovey, but he just went back into the office of his company after a couple of years. And people have gotten very comfortable staying at home, nesting, burrowing, boring holes, hibernating, not coming out, not doing whatever, not spending money, saving gas money. Say, well, do something with all that gas money you've been saving that you probably haven't been saving. I'm just so happy all this money I've been able to save not driving. Where did you even save that money? Most people did not say it went to Amazon. It went www.shop.com. All right. It went somewhere else. So come out come out of that. You have to come out of that uh, and get out of your shell and rent the car. He said, not going to lie, it's been nice staying home. I don't know anything about that. It's about time. I'm happy. <laughs> get to work. Get in the building. Prophet CT says the prophet dictionary and prophet handbook are a must for apostolic and prophetic people. Get it, read it, study it, appropriate it. He did not say appreciate it. You educated folks, appropriate, utilize it, use it. We have had people over the years talk about. 
uh, I remember even Apostle Christy Stevenson talking about years ago. He said, if I meet somebody who's prophetic talking about they don't have the dictionary, it's like, are you? Are you a prophet? You don't have the prophet dictionary? Are you sure? Other people, how do you call yourself a prophet and you don't have the prophet's dictionary? It's, it's a staple. It's universal. And I remember in uh, 2016, Dr. Price was awarded the Eagle Award from his ministry, and he had said that um, he was absolutely, he said well, something like, I was offended when he first heard about the dictionary he was younger at the idea of somebody having the audacity to write a book called the Prophet's Dictionary. What is going on? And now we have gone into Price University, taking what once was locked into a dictionary and putting it into a degree program in a university. Dr. Price has had schools education since the 80s back in New Jersey and now here in Tulsa forever and ever and ever.
Listen, I've been working with the saints a long time. Can't get you to volunteer for nothing. Don't want to be a doorkeeper or a gatekeeper anywhere. Talking about, but I'll serve. I'll serve some some tea, some coffee at the luncheon. No, you won't. No, you won't. You shall not. It shall not be so. We'll have the people that we have chosen invented probably the prophets in training <laughs> in our organization uh, to serve and to attend. Okay? And, and so more information is coming about that. If you need to be baptized as well, we'll have baptism. That will be, when is baptism? Sunday. That's Sunday after church in the afternoon after TBTI. It will not be during TBTI. If you cannot stay until Sunday, that means you will not be baptized. We are not going to pull out a bucket of water and throw it on you. We're not going to pull out a tub and throw it on you while you're here if you cannot stay over through Sunday. Don't ask. Don't press. And don't ask God either. It's not going to happen, as we have already said. Some of these things are set in stone. Make sure that you have tagged three people or messaged three people to say the Prophecy Clinic is open today with the one and only, yes, Prophet CT. You're invited, Prophet CT, to the Prophet's Luncheon. We have vetted you. You say Prophet's Luncheon with the bells. We've vetted you. You're all right. You're all right. We'll put you on the flyer. We'll have a seat for you at the luncheon as well, sitting at the feet of the chief apostle, but really getting, I'm sure, some kind of marching orders for what the Lord needs his prophets to do and to be outside of their prayer closet and outside of conferences and outside of sounding off on social media. There's a lot more that is to be done. And if you had this book and read it, then you would understand the dynamics of the prophetic. There's a whole series. I'm busy right now on a broadcast. Of prophetic terminology, it's about 100, 100, how many times is that? 110, 115 times in the prophetic section, prophetic this and prophetic that and prophetic here and prophetic there and prophetic everywhere. That's what you want to study and read. I tell anybody who is saying that God has called them to be a prophet and you're not even enrolled in school yet, those are terms that you need to go through. Uh, let's see. Marquise, what he said. Uh, I was about I was about to start trying to do something prophetic, quotes, he said, some prophetic things with good intentions. But I started reading the prophet's handbook, and it completely stopped me in my tracks. <laughs> I realized that all the prophetic, he said, in quote, teachings and books I had read previously were not educating on that level. I was not ready. Well, I hope we see you here in Tulsa so you can get yourself ready. I'm just calling you out right here on social media and everybody else. Thank you for that. That is hilarious. It's true because you're like, oh, no, I'm going to do it. God called me. This is why when people tell us that uh, God, you know, has called them to do something prophetic, and we say you need to go to school, and then you say you're not hearing from God, and then we say read these books, and then you say, do I know God? The unconscious incompetent. You don't know, but you don't know. He said, I'll be there. I'm already registered. Well, you better come on through and bring a group. <laughs> I'm pushing the prophets, man. I'm pushing them. I'm pushing you. I'm pushing you prophetically. Excellent. All right. So you want to do, you want to do right by this. I have no idea what Dr. Price is going to say, but I know for sure it's what we need. Let's come to the table of the, one of the, one of the, uh, prevailing authorities on the subject of the prophet. You can't 
write something like the prophet's dictionary, and I say again, has yet to be touched as far as something coming close to this in its genre and build upon it, have a university with a degree program training the prophet as both the gift and the office in the church and in the kingdom and not want to come and learn from the person who did that. I don't even understand that rationale or reasoning. At all. At all. I went to Oral Roberts University, and I was there when Oral was on uh, his last visit. This was in the early 2000s. And people came out of the woodwork to hear the man of God one more time to say, uh, now, he had his university. His son was raised up. Other people were doing the work. But they knew when the founder's boots were on the ground that it was a game changer for everybody. It is a game changer when the founding mantle is in the house. And we need to shake off complacency and shake off delay. I can't understand prophets talking about chronically next year I'll be there. Next year, that was seven years ago, and you still haven't been here. Well, I just watched the broadcast online, and you know what? You're going to get a broadcast harvest. You're going to get a virtual impartation. How about that? I mean, come on already, versus <laughs> You know, it's real. The things that we convince ourselves that it's okay, we talk ourselves out of obedience in some very subtle, slick ways. God is like, I want you to be there. I'll be there, Lord. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. And then something happens, and then something whatever, and then, ooh, I don't know. And, well, you understand. And, well, there's all you're going to do it next year. And then my second least favorite question after is it going to be streamed, which it's not, is am I going to be able to buy it later? Now, if we didn't offer, let me lean in on this camera. If we didn't offer it for a live registration, why do you think we're going to sell it later? And if we sell it later, it's going to be $750. And we call that a course in Price University. There you go. There you go. There you go. There you go. Hallelujah. Oh, my goodness. One session. One session. One session. One session. Not the whole degree. Now, the whole degree is not $750. One session, and that's the introductory rate. Think about education. It's with you the rest of your life. It's with you the rest of your life. We act like, you know, you understand that people will drop that kind of money on a weekend getaway, on a date night at an expensive, we got some restaurants in Tulsa, you can roll out $750 and not blink. You will bless the steak. You will honor the seafood. And uh, this time tomorrow, you're hungry again. You done burped it out, belched it out, bathroomed it out, everything else under the sun, and don't forget it in the car, it's hot, the leftovers go back, all kinds of things going on. You spend all this money on somebody you're dating, you don't even marry them, you're married, you don't even like them, and you do all this kind of stuff. We invest in short-term satisfaction all the time and will not invest in long-term development. This is long-term. People... I see people who used to come, what, you know, a long time ago, back in the day, talking about, woo, but I still remember, and I'm going off of, and I have my notes, and I used this, and I did that. This is enrichment to get this caliber of information in a weekend for only, and it depends on your registration, a maximum of $150 a ticket. Where did you get that? Dr. Price sits down on Thursday at the event and teaches. Thursday, 
morning and afternoon. Evenings we have breakout on Thursdays uh, with the prophets, with the other prophets. And she is going in. And we're trying not to go out. <laughs> because you paid and you need to take notes. I need to take my notes. I need to take my notes. I need to, and you sit. I'm telling you, the price that we have on this is nothing. It, it, we, it doesn't even pay for the light. Okay? Oh, yes. Well, it's going to have to go up. Yeah, it's going to go up next year. Well, now we're in the embassy. Cause, well, only Embassy rates. Yes, embassy rates. But it's also going up so that the people who really want, who really can do something with it yes. will know by the price. That's why I'm doing the private luncheon. Mm-hmm. That's for the people who can do something with what I say, mm-hmm. not somebody who just appreciates hearing. So we're doing a private luncheon. And because, I'm sorry, hold on. Okay. Do something with it. With it. Thank you. With it. Is that the operative term? Yes, with it. With it. it. And so the luncheon is for those of you who know that God has given you a mandate or has told you that he's given you a mandate. He's starting to make sure you understand what your role is. But you have got to be in a seat of authority, a seat of high power, because what I say probably won't make much sense to you. It may fascinate you. Right. It may intrigue you, but it won't facilitate you. And that's important, you know, that we, that we you understand that you are a faculty and so we need to facilitate your faculties. Started talking a few minutes, a couple of years back, on the principality where God is bringing the prophetic into its principality uh, setting, but also level, stature. That's the word I want to stature, station, and stature. So because of that, I am having this closed session for impartation, for uh, a communication for explanation and, and, and just to, to get you uh, outfitted and furnished with what God's going to do in his future. I've been talking for some time, um, Apostle Ashley, about God's future. And, you know, you look at these prophets out there and, and in their understanding of God's future, not all of them, but those that we've been kind of stumbling over, you know, like droppings on the floor. But um, those prophets are talking about Satan's future in God's era, and that can't work. So you need to know what is God doing and how do you fit. So, you know, don't, don't give us a downloaded certificate, credential. I'm, I'm not interested in that. I need to know not only your, what your credentials are, I need to know your pedigree, because if you're not of the, the, the price, Jesus Christ price, you know, assessment kind of definition, we're probably not going to allow you. So this is not a money hunger or anything like that. This is you investing into your next level where you're going to go. So you're going to have to kind of, you know, know yourself, and we will recognize that. But that luncheon is expressly for those who are called to be in God's upper stations and upper level prophetics for the world. This is a global thing that he's doing. And no, it's not going to be broadcasted because one of the things I found out, if you don't sweat for your mantle, it won't work anyway. If you don't sweat for it, then you're going to buy it from someone else or you're going to sell it. Because easy come, easy go. That that, that applies to this. So uh, at the event, if you're interested, the the information should be up there by this weekend. You can register. We're going to have a a little 10-point, not not 10-point, 5-point question survey 
to find out if, in fact, you can do something with what we will be communicating. So if you're that, if you're in office, if you are whatever your um, position is in the seven spheres, you know, whatever your seat is, um, I'm looking more for the threefold than the fivefold, not that the fivefold is gone. And if you want to know the difference between those, and uh, my staff will put that particular Jesus and Paul show online for you again because I am definitive and I define this. And, you know, as much as you might be fascinated, interested, curious, this particular session is not for that. This is for those who've answered the questions, who've outlived the adversary, who's, who can override darkness, overrule flesh. See, this is a particular type of, of, of mantle. And, the, and the, not just giftings. I'm not interested in your giftings. I'm interested in your faculties. I'm not, I'm not impressed with your anointing. I'm interested in your authority. That's good. Does heaven move for, at your word? You know, the Bible said about Samuel that God let none of his words fall to the ground, okay? Moses, forget, he didn't, Moses' word fall to the ground. The ground moved for Moses. So you can understand that God backed his word. They said the ground, did it not? Yeah. The ground moved for Moses. It was. I'm telling you, the ground is like, all right. <laughs> You know, Jesus, the ground moved. All right. So I say this to you because it's very important that you recognize that I am looking for that mantle, that prophet's mantle, even that apostle's mantle that has all of the markings of being an eventual principality for the king. So, so we're going to talk about this, this principalic stronghold that God is setting up with his prophets. Um, does, does that speak to any of you? I need, I, need, I need a couple of you to just kind of post what you think I'm saying or what you're hearing from what I'm saying. I want you to post that so we can share it and make sure that everybody is of the same mind. We have got to be of the same mind. And th this prophetic diversity is really division in disguise. And so we, we need to know that. And it's also de demolition in disguise. So and the whole idea of a false prophet is to get the true saint to disbelieve the true and living God. It's, it's to feed you with doubt and to feed you with, um, with cynicism and skepticism. So as long as you keep being disappointed by false prophecy, you won't believe God's true word. That is one of the reasons why today – going forward until we get to the event we're having on the Jesus and Paula show every week. Are you ready? The Prophet's Clinic. Excuse me, the Prophecy Clinic. Prophecy Clinic. I want you to see that. You see how that, that reads? Unveiling the Almighty's Prophecy Machine. Part of why we have all of these arguments and all of these clashes and debates is because we don't understand God's prophecy mechanisms. We don't understand the machine. We don't understand his prophetic uh, prophecy infrastructure. I'm not saying prophet right now. Prophet is something we'll do at the event. But this is for you to understand and appreciate God's prophecy machine, and it is a machine. And if you don't understand that, then you'll constantly expect what somebody says to you at a Thursday night meeting to happen Friday morning. Wow. Or you'll constantly go and, and, and do your, run down your prophecy buffet table. And then after you do the prophecy buffet table, then you go to the prophecy polling booth. Oh, yeah. 
and you begin to poll to see how many people agree with that prophecy or how many times somebody would just single you out and prophesy to you. I, I prophesy, I decree, I'm not predicting, I'm decreeing. I decree that by the end of 2022, what we know to be the prophetic is not going to be in place. I decree that the, the mantle of the office of the prophet is going to shift. It will be more definitive. It will be more descriptive and decorative. It will also be more sensible and traceable. I decree from my seat of authority as the Jesus Christ chief apostle, what you know to be the prophetic and what you know to be prophecy will be no more. This free-for-all will be designated, and it will be corralled and quarantined as Satan's team. God is going to quarantine Satan's team. So we, they won't be running rampant. If you talk about masks, we're going to put them in hazmat. Because they're hazardous to the health of the Christian of the saints. So we're going to hazmat them. I decree that from my seat of authority, from the power that I will to. I don't have a question about my power. I don't have a question about how it's going to work. I can tell you that God has graced me. When you, when you put in 40 years of the uglies that we put in, trust me, you shall receive your reward. So all of this here, you need to do it. Now, why am I saying that? I have been saying for uh, several months, if not several years, that the, the God's people are poorly trained regarding prophecy. Yes. I talk about that poor training in my book, Assessing Your Prophetic Self. If you haven't gotten it, you need to get it. It's, it gives you a lot of deep stuff in short versions. I know y'all probably didn't think I could do short versions, but I can. <laughs> when you come to the event, we will have our prophetic word cloud so that you will understand and you will get a better sense of what it means when God said in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. The same in the beginning with God. The word has preceded everything. And, and you know, the scripture tells us in the Psalms that God exalts his word above his name because you can't say his name without words. <laughs> he kind of needs words to say his name. How about that? Okay? You can't gesture the Almighty and everybody hears it. You can't mouth him, you know. <laughs> we can read that any old kind of way. We need the sound to go with the terms. I wrote the dictionary because we had no cohesive place of noticing sounds, and I just want you to know that I'm in discussions to give us an expanded version of the dictionary. So I've got, I've got, I've got tons more words, tons more words. And so I'm in discussions for that to happen. Now, so when we talk about clinic, I'm going to show you what we mean by the term. But the thing, what I want you to get is that we have got to give up this poor, sloppy training. We've got to give up, give up this shoot from the hip. This is how I see it. Anytime you have that much individuality, division is your process. Division is your objective. And we've got way too much individuality for an institution that founded the civilizations of the planet. Yes. That's way too much individuality, way too much disparity. 
way too much conflict and contradiction. I'm using terms. I want you to think these terms. If you're a prophet, the one thing I know about a real prophet, two things actually, is that a real prophet is word conscious. They're not going to say, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, da, 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 but that says the Lord, but da, 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 I think that, da, 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 you should hear God, da, 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 da. That's not a real prophet. That's an utter, that's a stuttering utterer. That's what that is, because a real prophet has got to represent and manifest the logos of God as the logos, which is means you're going to get logic, not insanity, not inanity from a prophet, a real prophet. But when you walk away and it doesn't make good sense to you and you've been trained and you've been educated to have at least a checklist, you know, okay, you know, we got fact check, but we're going to have to start having profit checks. And start having, is this really of God? Does God really speak like this? So the yeah. clinic is going to help you. You definitely want to have all of your, if you, if you are, let me interject, if you are a trained or trainer, then you want to have your mentees, your trainees, your um, prophetic company members in these sessions. Or go back and listen to it. And I'm telling you, you should do this because I'm doing this because I know God needs us to fix this. And you have to know that we're worth it. Price University does not teach the prophetic like anyone else. We don't teach, we don't teach that the prophetic, the prophetic and prophecy are synonymous. One serves the other. So prophecy is one branch, one strain of God's divine communications media. Because I want you to write it down. The prophetic is holistically all-encompassing God's divine communications media. I want you to write that. God's divine communications media. That means that if the prophetic is a media and it's communications, then it does more than predict. And we have brought it all down to prediction. So prediction will always leave us into, in the place of, you say, I say, potato, potato, tomato, tomato. Well, let's agree to disagree. So if all of that's the case, I, the God of creation is not going to jump in that. He won't jump in that because that discredits him. Because the prophetic is a continuum not just a continuum of, of, of reverberating words, but it's a continuum of, of advancement, of progression, of, because there's a culminating end. And so even personal prophecy that you think can't be in the continuum, but it is. Psalm 139 tells us that God wrote a book for every life he brought into existence. So that means that if I'm, if I'm accessing your book, it shouldn't look like Satan's plan. So if you look at your screen, it says, Welcome to Dr. Price's Prophecy Clinic, unveiling the Almighty's prophecy machine. And it is a machine. And by the time we get to June, you're going to understand how that machine works. And you'll be able to DIY your own prophecies. In other words, check them yourself. Because you cannot verify prophecy if you don't have a plumb line, if you don't have a baseline, if you don't have a norm, if you don't have something established that you measure it by. And you all are measuring prophecy by yourselves. You're measuring someone's word to you by what you feel. Because, in your, because poor training told you prophecy should be confirmation. I'm here to tell you that prophecy can't always be confirmation. 
You understand when Paul prophesied and, and John prophesied the apocalypse, it wasn't confirmation. Can you imagine the book of Revelation being confirmation? Can you imagine Ezekiel, Isaiah, all of them bringing confirmation? That they did, they confirm each other. They don't confirm you. Confirmation is for the prophets to confirm each other so that you know that Jeremiah said it, Ezekiel said it, Isaiah said it, and they did that so that they can know if someone popped up with a word that wasn't consistent with the established or existing prophetic God of the day, they could they could take them and check them. They had, literally back then, they had prophet court. They can bring you up on divine communications charges. And if you were found to be a false prophet, they had prophet jail. That's where they went to get Micaiah, coming into existence or being brought into existence by a deity. So the, the, the God of the land constituted the land's existence. And think of it as your pores going out and producing beings. Think of it as your, your breath producing beings. Think of it, all of that. And now that you've brought all of these things and these beings into existence, you've got to monitor them. You've got to care for them. You've got to regulate them. Mm-hmm. Thus, constitutions are people first. Mm-hmm. And so in God's world, the paper the person, the print, and the punishment or the prosperity are all part of the creature. They are living entities and living elements and components of an being. So every person, like to us, we're human. In God's minds, we're part of an organ. We're organic because that's why the Constitution is a fictitious organ that captures the makeup, the composition of a, of a city, of a population, of a people. That is one of the things that has caused us to miss it. Like even our Supreme Court, our Supreme Court is supposed to be literally made up of people that biologically, organically, psychologically constitute the paper that we're saying defines the population that they're adjudicating. That's how that's supposed to go. Now, that's God's world. So in God's world, the prophetic is the main artery, the main organ, if you will, of his population. Why? Because in the beginning was the word. So God starts with the word. He named Jesus the word. And the word became flesh. So God took his word. Huh, great is the mystery of godliness. God took his very word and he shaped it into his own body. And he did it within his being, and then as he did with Adam, he blew that word into Christ. Except in this time, in this way, he actually just exuded it. So Jesus Christ is the constitution of creation. He is the literal constitution of creation. I don't think you all heard that. So he constitutes God's mind on God himself. That is why he's the second person of the Godhead. His father is first person. As the son, he's second person. Them together 
projecting themselves, meaning God being essence, if you will, Jesus being being substance or vice versa, then when they get together and fuse, we get something called the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost is how the Father and the Son project themselves and install and instill themselves in everything that came from them. Now, you have to understand this, because if you don't get this, then you will constantly be ill-trained in the prophetic. And you will expect prophecy to serve you. And prophecy does not exist to serve you. Prophecy exists to serve the one who made you. Not you personally, which is why God lays claim to everything you. And we need this. Can we cool it down here? I'm 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 burning. Y'all better wrap up. <laughs> okay. I just want you to know. You see, I'm on fire. So, so what I want you to get out of this is that the prophetic as you are thinking it, is not how creation installed it, how creation supervises it, how they dispense it. That's not how that works. Prophecy is finished. Every word that God would predict to you, he has already performed at the end of time, which is why the angel that Jesus sent to inform John on Patmos could bring the end of time, could bring the word. Gabriel brought the end of Israel's era to Daniel. And so, God, when you think of it, those angels did not just get it. They are the embodiment of the message. God embodies everything because even one of his cells can produce a world. So we don't know how many worlds he has. Okay? And how do I know that? Because if you talk to any scientist, they'll tell you that a cell is a whole world. And that's the dead version of the Almighty, the doomed version of the Almighty. I want you to get, think differently because you are not thinking properly. The, prophet, the prophecies that you get don't serve you. They use you. Well, I just want to think, do you want to get a bell in there? Thank you. See, prophecy is to employ you, to involve you, to engage you, to deploy you. to achieve a particular effect. That's why we use words like manifestation. Manifestation is an effect. So when you walk around and talk about, I'm sorry that God gave me a prophecy and I'm just not doing it, you're a dead cell. Because that cell is supposed to bring light, the light that God accomplished. He wrote Isaiah 55 because he said that. You want me to take a breath, don't you? The audience wants me to breathe. You are non-working dysfunctional cell because you're you're not bearing the fruit. See, I want you to understand. See, I got to get it this because this is prophecy clinic. We're gonna talk about what a clinic is. So you understand how to think clinically and forensically about God's word. I love that. 
okay? She said, I have to share share it with your friends. If you have your phone, tell them, hey, you want to understand what it means when God speaks to you? It's weighty and it's, it's, it's heavy because he's the almighty, and everything God does is what he said. If a vine, if, if, if a branch doesn't bear fruit, what does he call it? Dead. If a tree doesn't bear fruit, it's dead to him. Now, it may be alive to Satan, but it's dead to God. <laughs> Do you put that in there? No. <laughs> so I need you to understand, we have taught you poorly. We've made it your private thing. We've privatized the word of God. We've privatized the logos. Sorry, wait, hold on. Let's <laughs> see, I know it is. It's actually done. Ah, hold on, Janice. Oh, no, wait. Patrice, she said, please take a breath, Dr. Price. I'm under my desk at work. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. So here it says, look at this. He said, verse 55, hear this, and hear it from what I just said. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. So the first thing God wants is that his thoughts become your way. So as he thinks, so you are, so you do. So he wants his thoughts to become your way. But he knows you don't have the power to do that until he puts his that's the whole thing of the Holy Ghost. We've taught the Holy Ghost all backwards. He's just your little romance, your little quickie in the morning. That's not the Holy Ghost. All right. <laughs> what? For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So no matter what the prophecy is, what your first thought about it is wrong. It doesn't have to confirm what you think because God doesn't think like you. So you think, you think because you feel desperate without a mate that God thinks you're in desperation because he hasn't given you a mate. <laughs> you know, so you think that God is having the same crises over your existence that you have. He does not. So he said, for as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and returns not there, which means my word drops to the ground and it won't bounce. God's word is not a bouncing ball. But waters the earth, which means when his word hits the ground, it cracks and it spreads and it permeates. So whatever cells are in rain and whatever cells are in snow, that is the same way God's word is when it drops on you. It doesn't go back to heaven and say, return to cinder. It says, and make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. It's important that you recognize God speaks to produce and to provide and to perform. God speaks to produce, provide, and perform. God speaks to produce, provide, and perform, not just to predict. Wow. So when you really, when you really hear God's word, I love the way Jeremiah writes it. He said, if you had caused my people to stand in my counsel, you would have turned them from their sin. Mm-hmm. 
you would have turned them from the wicked ways of their of their doings. Why? Because you know I delight in mercy and I don't want to judge them and I don't want to harm them. But because you prophets lied to them, I've got to come against them when I come against you. Because they're bearing your fruit. Verse 11, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, which means God's word does not come back aborted. He has no abortion element in his word. So he says, shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing unto I sent it. So God expects his word to perform to produce, to provide. And we know it's God because the word succeeds, whether we like it or not. Now, because his word is biotic, when you get to the clinic later on down, not today, but as we go forward on this subject, you're going to find out that God's word has to do a lot to become part of your psyche, to become part of your consciousness, and to go from consciousness to cognizance and from cognizance to completion. So if, if, if this is God, wait, see, you all are measuring God by some book you read and some magician you saw and some illusionist that you love and all of that. Oh, yeah, but churches have them. Shame on you having Satan in his pulpit. But I'm telling you today, that's ending. I'm telling you, you want everyone to me, I tell you, why isn't God saving the church? Where, where is this church? He's saving his church. He's saving the people from the institution. <laughs> So if you look at this, we're going to, when we think prophecy, we're thinking message, messenger, mantleship, and manifestation. I want you to see that. So we start with the message, the word coming out of God's mouth. We go to the messenger, the person who prophesies it. We go to the mantleship, the, the particular divine communicant with the power and the rank and the station to see to it that it happens. See, everything that, that, that God predicts, there are times that everything people prophesy is not prediction. Sometimes he's notifying. Wow. Satan is planning this. What are you all going to do about it? My prophets have really listened to God, and they heard that Satan was illegitimately pushing Biden and has set up a whole infrastructure to defy God's word. They would have gotten together as one, and they would have backed him down instead of saying, oops. If it came from the Spirit, it's got to be right. Mm. Not everything that comes from the Spirit is what God wants. Mm. Oh, my God. So let me just tell you, Elisha, I want to say Elisha, is having, they're having the war, and, and, and the, the king, I think it's Philistine, is saying, wait a minute, God is making the prophet his spy from his bedroom. Right. Right. And so this king is ready to kill his leaders. And he said, hold on. But the prophet of God, Yahweh's prophet, is getting your strategy from his realm. Mm -hmm. See, that was a strategic word that we could have used to to preserve our land, but we couldn't do that because the fascination with predictions overtook people. And so they were looking for prestige. And so... What, what are we saying? That, that God will show you what the enemy is doing for you to develop tactics if you're an officer. If you're just a prophesier, you don't care. You're just a mouthpiece. You're just a, 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 mic, a, a microphone. Nobody, you don't care.
is you don't have any power. You don't have power to overturn darkness. You don't have power to push back on witches. You don't have power because God said you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me. And a witness is not just a verbalizer. See, had we had a strong enough institution, we would have come together and we would have pushed back on that darkness. But they knew we weren't strong enough because they've been scattering us for decades. They've been fragmenting and fracturing us for decades. So they knew that the, that the unbelief that they sold in our souls and the disbelief that they sold in our minds and, and the inferiority and all of that would, would work to their advantage and become the potion. That would cause them to win because they bleed through the cracks in our wall and they seep through the hedges that we have. That did not have to happen. It happened because we, if it happens in the spirit, we can't stop it in the flesh. That did not have to happen. And God gives a lot of words. That's why you need to have a counsel that is in agreement on what God is saying according to what he's always done. Jeremiah comes and he's going to the prophet's meeting. That He's got the, the, the king's royal prophet's conference. Okay? All of the prophets in the land have got to show up because the king is scared. Because the king has gotten closed session words that said that Israel's God is going to take him out. So he's afraid. So he's calling all, I mean, calling all prophets, calling all seers, where are my clairvoyants, where are my psychics, everybody come to the king's chambers right now. We're going to the palace because the king needs us to, with one voice to give a consensus on the outcome of the war. He's about to fight. He's got to hear the prophets say he will win. Well, first of all, he got too many different gods. That's the first thing. So Jeremiah is in this meeting. And they're all, you know, they're giving their words. And one thing I say about a group of false prophets, they love each other. They don't want to contradict each other. Because they're in covenant to sound like they heard from God. And often the real prophet is going to give you the word that nobody wants to hear. He got this, that's one. Nobody wants to hear it. The real prophet doesn't even want to give it. They stay crying to God, God, why you did this to me? Please don't let him. Okay. And so Jeremiah says, let them know, Ahab, you're not going to win because God's ticked off with you. See, the lying prophet can't tell you why God's pleased. The true prophet can tell you why he's displeased. So God ticked off with you, Ahab, and he ticked off with you because, first of all, you married that witch, and then you gave her authority, the scepter, to rule my kingdom. And she brought all her gods in with her. When she was unpacking, she had a whole caravan for her deities. See, because marriage, the, a leader in marriage is very important. That's a whole other meeting. So... So God is now, you, you have killed his prophets, you put them underground, you've stolen Nabal's land, you kill, you kill at her whim. So I'm going to kill you to get rid of her. 
See, because you're addicted to her. So God let Adam die to get rid of Eve, who was the carrier. So it's not uncommon for your wife to be the carrier. What? So he said, so Jeremiah tells him. (laughs) He said, so God's going to kill you. So, and God saved this war to get rid of you. So that he will not have to use one of your countrymen to assassinate you and they be murdered because of a crime. So he's going to let the adversary you love take you out. Whole war. Whole war. So Jeremiah gives this word, and you can read it, Jeremiah 28. Every prophet who doesn't know Jeremiah 28 needs to get in that book this weekend. So then we had, you know, we had Hananiah. I'm the big dog. You are a lie. He goes over, snatches Jeremiah's yoke, which means when they take your yoke, they have fired you from your office. So he goes, snatches his yoke, and Jeremiah is like a typical classic prophet. Well, if I'm a liar, you won't see me again. But if I am, you're going to be dead in a year. (laughs) If I'm not lying, you're dead in a year. And so Hannah and I go, see, could all of these people, like, we got people doing that. They come against me. They think they're going to take my, are you kidding? By the end of this year, God's clearing the deck. Because a lot of these people are sicker than they're letting you know. That's a whole other session, too. (laughs) So sure enough, that's how they do it. And we go to Micaiah. With Jeroboam, same thing. They got him in prophet jail. Some of us have been in prophet jail. You know, we can't get a date, can't get a door in, can't get out. People don't believe us. Folk lying on us, carrying on. We got us contained and all of that, and then we get out. And Micaiah, same thing. He comes. Now, they don't know Micaiah. Micaiah's in jail for being a true prophet. (laughs) The king has sense enough to know that if I want a little bit of truth, I got you where I need you. Uh, okay, you're in my in my prison. John the Baptist for telling the truth. All right? So here comes making eye. The person comes, the, the guard comes to let him out. He said, now listen, this is your shot. You can actually not have to be here again. If you just say this, you will be free. We will pardon you. We're going to give you some stuff, give you a position. You won't be in jail anymore. Say what everybody else is saying. Just say it. The king, we need you to encourage him. And I can imagine the guard saying, I don't know why he thinks you got it. Because <laughs> you have never been known to encourage him. So why do we think <laughs> So I don't know why. We're going to use you, but anyhow, we have to come and get you because this is this friend, this other king, wants to hear from somebody who's a true prophet. So the king knows he is listening to lying prophets, but it feels so good, and the deception and the delusion just makes him feel so safe. He's safe in his blissful ignorance. That's his toxicity. His toxicity is my soul can only thrive on a lie. 
So we bring in, you know, our guy. Mm-hmm. My soul can only thrive on the line. So, so Mr. Iyer comes out, and he said, all right, I'm going to say what you say. All right, whatever. Now, let me tell you, authority figures know where the truth is. They know where the truth, they also know where the truth lies. They know. Like, they will not come to me for a lie. I'm not going to do it. So I'm not, I don't know what to tell you. You know, don't call me. I'm all right with that. Don't call me. I'm not going to lie. So everybody knows where the lying prophets are in there. Okay? Everybody knows where the lying prophets are in their realm. So, Micaiah, see, this is clinic, prophecy clinic. So, they know where the liars are. And if they want the public to be seduced, they will parade the liars because they need the faith of the prophet, of the public, in that prophet's words for it to happen. So he, he, I mean, you know, turns the prophets to tell them, go, go, that's the Lord. Look at this, break this joke. They got all theatrical. They do all the antics, you know, the smoke and mirrors and carrying on. I mean, just to reinforce that, hey, I got it. Because I went to the store and got me a smoke machine. So, <laughs> so they go, and he comes, and the king says, all right, am I going to win? Go ahead, you'll win. They slapped him. How many times must I tell you, only tell me the truth in the name of the Lord? Okay. So you are sick, sick, sick. This is a sick, sick, sick thing. So then Micaiah goes and tells you, because a real prophet is going to tell you how God's going to take you out from heaven to earth. Not from the obvious, not from the internet, not from the newspaper, not from round tables. They're going to tell you the real prophet has been in heaven. And they've been in the planning room, the situation room of the Almighty. See, Zechariah 3 talks about the situation room. In my dictionary, I call it so, the, the secret chambers of God. So, Micaiah might have been in jail in the flesh, but he was in the situation room with the Almighty. And he said, I saw God sitting on his throne. And he described. From 1 Kings 19, he describes how he knows Ahab is going to die. And so God calls a meeting. Who is going to go and kill Ahab? Who's going to deceive him is the word. Who's going to deceive him so that I can kill him? Those who know their God. See, you have to understand that real prophets know God. They don't just know the name of Jesus. They don't just know the scriptures to quote. They know the way to the situation room. They know what God, who is ruling creation, really feels about who you're prophesying to and why he chose you to prophesy the truth or the lie. The reason God will allow a prophet to lie and to fall prey to the lie, to be deluded, so deluded that they don't even know their life, they've turned their lives to truth, is because darkness needs voices too. Well, mm. 
and he will release them to people who have proven, as he said in Thessalonians, who do not have a love of the truth, for the truth is not in them. You have to recognize people who love the lie, love it because that's within them. People who love the truth love the truth because that's within them. The spirit of truth is in one, and the spirit of this world, which is the spirit of a lie, is in the other. So Micaiah's head tells them, and you know what? They slap him again, and he goes back to jail. (laughs) He was was out. I mean, he was out. You know, he he had a reprieve, a whole couple of hours reprieve. He knew he wasn't done. He knew he told his bed, just stay there, I'll be back. Because he couldn't lie in the name of the Lord. He couldn't say he didn't see what he knew he had seen in the spirit. We have another example, Josiah. Same thing. High powers know where the truth where the truth lives and where the lie lives. Because one resides, the other abides in the shadow of the Almighty. So so same thing. So when you're looking at message, messenger, mentorship, if you are a child of the truth, one of the things, even if you don't understand or you say, hey, you know what, that's not it. If you're a child of the truth, you don't bash the word until you're sure that it's not God. You shut your mouth. You take it to prayer. You don't share it with your mama, your daddy, your best friend, because you know to put your mouth on it is to put your breath in it, and to put your breath in it is to bring it light and to give it light to cause it to multiply. That is why God said, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. And so if you feel like everybody who says they're prophet is under the protection of that edict. But true prophets of what God is telling me. God somebody, he said my. There is a little, you know, qualifier there, my prophet. Not any prophet. That's right. It's up to Satan to take care of his prophet. Right. And it's up to Jesus to take care of his. Is this helping you all? Are y'all doing, hey, are you all doing all right? <laughs> We got a couple of flat lines already. I haven't even got started yet. So I I want you to understand mind of Christ, thoughts of God. You see, God's thoughts, look at him. God's thoughts are his own. You do not have to modify his thoughts. You don't have to update him. You don't have to inform him. You are not his intelligence. Okay. We like to say, then we think that we think we're God's intelligence. You know, you know the old, oh my, come on now, the most high, he's been around a long time. He's a little old, probably a little mellow by now, maybe a little bit demented. No, he is not occupying, he's not like the occupant of the White House. Okay. okay. Oh, oh. <laughs> I love it when you do that. That's fun to me. Commentary. Okay. One said, we're still breathing, just barely. <laughs> Jen said, I am fine. Mike is fine for acting up on this job, but I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus said, you're just about taking us out of here. And I'm just getting started. So God, God's thoughts are his own. They, he generates his own thoughts. And when he generates them, then he, they procreate at his will. All right? So he said, 
are what created my ways. So if you can't change his thoughts, you understand that you cannot alter his ways. You cannot make God behave. That's what, that's what the whole church has been doing. The church is always trying to make the Holy Spirit behave. And the Holy Spirit is like, I'm not going to serve you because I made you. You did not make me. So I'm not going to behave because you don't like me doing my job, because you don't like me doing what I exist to do on the planet. So because you want to be derelict, you want to force me to be derelict in my duty. I am the Almighty. I'm never going to do that. I will leave you alone. I'll leave you laying on the side of the road. I will leave your kids alone. I will leave your job alone. I will leave your body alone. I will not come when you call me because you already told me if I don't behave like you, you have no use for me. Isn't that what you say? You don't rule God. And see, you think that. And that's why this whole season that we're in, God is like, oh, now you want me to come to your rescue? I couldn't even get you to go to church. Now you want me to open your church. Why you want me to open your church? You never went. Now you want me to open your church. You think about it. Now you want me to give you find the person that you can trust. Why? You wanted them to. I gave you. I answered your prayer. See, again, I will tell people, and I say it all the time, God answers all prayers. Now, we say he doesn't hear the prayer of the wicked, yet we were wicked. Okay. How did we get saved? <laughs> we See, we were wicked. Wow. You know, we forgot we were wicked. No, no, not like that, no, 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 but I didn't do what they did. Wicked to God is wicked. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. He has shut everything up under sin. All of it. So God has labeled all of us sinners. So he can save us one by one. So God doesn't save a nation until he saves his population. You're working it today, aren't you? So now, and then he tells you everything about me is heaven. Everything about you is earth. So if you're going to judge me, I need you to be up in heaven looking down on earth. And then he said, my ways are higher than yours and my thoughts, because everything God is up in heaven. It's the beginning. It's the originator. It's the archetype. And everything about you, well, I'm there. And he says, he lets you know rain and snow. Now, he uses rain and snow. Why? Because they are water symbols and they're hydrators. And they they, they quench thirst and they grow things. So he's telling you, Nothing about me is barren or empty or futile, nothing, or dead. He goes on, he sells you that, and then he says, my job, I have a duty to feed the planet. And he's using a natural statement. I have to feed people physically, emotionally, spiritually, solically. And then he goes here, my 11 is my one. My word has better sense than let you kill it. The fact that God let man kill Jesus is huge because they killed the word. But they killed the word in dead flesh so he could actually change the software, the source codes for those who believed in Christ. 
I just thought you would like that. So when you look at Prophecy Diagnostic Clinic, this is a clinic, and I'm going to be a clinic until TPTI. And if you look at this, um, the yellow, I'm sorry, I should have put a little highlight on it, but it talks about taking, dealing with the prophesier, and we're isolating the prophesier from the practitioner, the practitioner from the specialist, and the specialist from the expert. See, those are literal, those are classes or or categories of prophetic minister or prophesiers. We've got the person, all they do is prophesy. Most of the prophetic today is there. Prophesy, 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 prophesy. Predict, predict, predict. And even if they get a heavy word, they still don't know what to do with it because they're not a practitioner. They don't practice the word, they prophesy. They don't practice the functions of the word that they prophesy. But a practitioner, you know, in our in our uh, assessments, we have beginner, intermediate, and advanced. And then in each one of those, we have grade one, two, three, four, and five. So if you take our PAQ and you you know you're all excited because you really know that this thing is going to tell you that you are a prophet and all you need is a card and a a shingle and a charter. And it comes up and says you're a beginner and you should be an intercessor. So. What does that mean? You are prophetic, but your prophetics only work when you're interceding in prayer because you're a prophesier. So we, and we go there. But let's say you come up beginner grade four. We're saying now you are ready to be trained to be a practitioner. See, we don't use this language, which is why you don't know how to explain as the public, God's public, what you feel in here because we've not given you articulation or language to articulate. That was almost, but there was, you know. So you have to find out because many of you are are slamming the experts when you should be crushing the, the, uh, the prophesier if you attack anything. And then the specialist. The specialist is going to be that that person occupying that office and exercising and discharging that office. And all of the things that go into it, you will see those in another uh, in the future. But that's, the specialist specializes, and that's all they do. You know, you get mad at people. All you do is all you are is a, all you do. Nobody says to the doctor, all you do is doctor. Nobody says to the lawyer, oh, you, that's all you do. You know what I mean? It's all, everything about you is medicine and medical, medicine and medical. You know? Even when the doctor doesn't want to do it, when an emergency happens, they're on, I mean, in a second. They know exactly what to do because they specialize in that. In other words, they're a particular species of that realm. So there is a thing called the the prophetic specialist. You don't take a prophesier and bring them to your closed meetings. You don't take a prophesier and bring them into your council chambers because all they're going to do is predict. Without instincts, they predict on impulse. They predict on inspiration. And they can give you information as inspired by the Holy Ghost. 
but they cannot give you the that they don't possess rather that instinct that says this is what God is saying this is how he's using it I'm looking at this and God is using that see because there is a whole different network and complex of information streams for the practitioner that the prophesier doesn't get and it's all it's all about embodiment in God you know offices in the beginning were not in buildings Offices were not defined by your, your high towers and your structures. Offices were defined by you, the being, the person, and, you, and how you responded to your authorities and how, you, how seriously you took what you were called to do. And the reason offices were in people is because we didn't have high towers. And many times that office had to pack up and go and work in a desert somewhere in the area to do their job. So offices were in people, and that was a real risky thing for leaders. Now, your specialist, as we just talked about, that specialist, that's what they do. And you are angry with them because they're going into a dimension, into a sphere of God that you can't think. When you when you understand what God is saying, uh, for example, a, a, a prophesy would be Amos. I wasn't trained. The most I just came and made me do this. Blah blah blah. I don't know the institution. I don't know the spectrum. I don't even understand why I'm communicating. That's one thing. And then we got the practitioner would be the one that doesn't get a name in Bible. Just give me an example. Hallelujah. All right. Or those that were on Samuel's staff. Then we got the specialist, which is Elisha and Elijah. Their words do something. They control. They instill fear. See, that's that's a little different. All right? And then we have Daniel and Deborah. They're specialists because they specialize in a particular branch or sphere of divine communications. Come on. Deborah, head of state. Daniel, president. Samuel, head of state, expert. Now we got expert. What are we talking here? Well, we have a lot. Of, we only have a few because you don't need that many because of the sphere of domain that is granted to us. So we have Moses as the greatest expert. He's so good that Jesus is modeled after Moses in his prophet's assignment to the planet. The expert doesn't just prophesy. The expert doesn't just practice. The expert is not a, a single specialist. They're multi-specialists, and the expert can reproduce after their own kind, and they can regulate. They can moder- moderate. They can also oversee and supervise, mentor, and then teach it. And teaching the prophetic is not as easy as people make you think it is. See, teaching people to prophesy, that's no big deal. I mean, what is that? Because really, the people say, you open your mouth, God's going to speak. And the reason, and, and, and what makes a difference is that you have got to have that fine point cut between sermonizing and prophesying or preaching. Because a lot of what you all heard was just many sermons that had a few, a few uh, futuristic elements in it. Elements. The terms, not even elements, really terms. 
So, so I want you to understand this because this is important. So when we talk prophecy diagnostic clinic, we got all of these things. This is what makes an expert. When I can name that, I can identify it, I can describe it, I can illustrate it, and then I can actuate it. See, actuation is the big part. Not just uttering. I'm saying it, and it's up to Jesus to do it. God himself makes a difference between the gift of prophecy and the Holy Spirit's function of prophecy, as the Spirit wills, and the one born with the prophet spirit and nurtured with, because of their spirit, who functions from the Holy Spirit and their spirit within, not relying on God to just use you, draw you in. See, the, the area of officialdom, the official part, you know, because Satan did a great job destroying the concept and the dignity of officials, even our political officials, see, because he slashed that dignity. If you look up the word dignity, you'll see what he did. And so we have all of these political folks talking about, well, I don't need an office, I don't need that, and yet Satan keeps offices going. Now, why is that? Why is that? He's still putting people in office. He's just not putting God's people in office. So the whole official piece means that you are not just a messenger of God. You are the message. You are the method. You are the mantleship. You are the manifestation. And you know what? You make it so. Because not only does – see, the office – the Holy Ghost will perform the words. But when Moses, when you are in that expert realm, God is like, why are you bothering me? It's in your job description. Look at your job description. See, we don't have a job description, so you can't figure out who's who in this thing. In my, in my institution, we know. I know the one who can only get a word when they pray. I know the psalmist who can sing the word and the Holy Ghost follows. And I can separate the psalmist from the minstrel, from the singer, because that's my job, because that's all in my purview. See, the office has a purview and purveyance. I hope this is helping you. So when we think about what are we looking for, we're looking at expressions, we're looking at criteria, ration, identification. What do we designate? We just, a lot of us are kind of out there like a, like a bomb. You just blow up, and, and, or either you just have this, this gun, you know, 15 rounds. You just keep running around. You don't care where it went and who it hits, nothing. Just spray. You just spray in the word. I'm just spraying. And, and if it's for you, pick it up. Just pick it up. You know, you didn't get it. Well, you should get it. Let me tell you something. I don't send people back to God after God sends me to give them a word. I send them to pray. But I'm not going to tell you, go ask God, because I just told you what God said. So all of these, I like this one, concurrence of symptoms. We understand symptoms. We can understand not just symbols, but symptoms, because God's got to deal with both. So we understand the symptomatics or the symptoms that God is doing, and we're problem solving. You're talking about you're a chief prophet and you can't solve a problem. 
I don't even understand which which part is is, is vacated, the chief or the prophet. <laughs> Something's vacated there. And then you're analytical. When you hear somebody tell you not to think too much, you need to be scared. Oh, come on now. <laughs> Prophets are natural analytical thinkers. Now, they may not have the intelligence they need starting out to get it, but most prophets I know who are real prophets, they're analytical, they're intelligent, they're also probative, and they're ex- they research, they explore everything. When people tell me, first of all, I can't even roll with a prophet that can't read. Oh. Now, that doesn't mean you can't be a prophet and not read. I'm saying that you are limited. <laughs> 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 because that means you can't read the Bible, but a lot of a lot of illiterate, so you can't verify what you're saying is of God only by your spirit, only by your heart. You know, prophets are very determinate. They're very indicative and suggestive. They're also traced. One thing they're hot on is the origin. Prophets will bore you with the origin. But see, this traces all the way back. This goes all the way back to, they got, this, okay, nobody, nobody you know. It's just the, the prophets of old. Yeah, they're the only ones. Everybody else now, come on now. Because when you look at it, Jeremiah backed his words with the continuum. Jeremiah said, from the beginning of the world, God has never blessed a nation that sinned against him. So God's mind, God's thoughts, and God's patterns are extremely, extremely clear. So you can be one of those people that say, well, I just, I don't think I need an education. Well, if you don't think you need an education, you're not a prophet. You're a prophesier. See, Amos was set to predict to those who were discrediting and mishandling the office. But the office was still in this. Moving on. Can I move on? So let's look at an expert. A specialist and an expert is very, even a quality practitioner. They are interested in something called best practices. They are very, very concerned with prophecy exaction. Did God really say? Exaction. It's because people will do that to me, yeah, because, you know, I got your word when you said something. I didn't say that. Because, see, prophecy is not a matter of just recall for us. Prophecy is cellular. Prophecy is neurological for us. So don't tell me I said what I did. No, I didn't say that. Sometimes I look online and I had one or two people where they don't write too much anymore, and they always altered what I said. And some of them I wrote, I did not say that because I can't lie in the name of the Lord. And if you take away from his word or you add to it, you have changed it, the truth to, for a lie. So prophecy exaction is a big thing. And then practical theorization. We have got to understand that God, that the theory part is us. Like Paul said, you know what? I have the wisdom of God. There's a wisdom because wisdom calls apostles and prophets. And so there's a wisdom that comes with and that is embedded, I want to say saturated, in the office. So there, even though there are things that we've never encountered, like you often hear people say, well, you know, 
I mean, actually, you know, we don't do it like that any longer. We don't say it like that any longer. We often hear people do that, but that is not it, or that was before, and this is now. Our job is to take that before and theorize how it's supposed to be today and then track it with the word. When I've been writing, and, you know, I write a lot of books, I write a lot. One of the things I realize is that we have got to stop taking up Satan's narrative. We have to stop using their language and go back to using the language of the Almighty, the eternal language. I'm not talking about ye and thee. I'm talking about, the, come on. I mean, when you think about where is the transgender in Scripture, in scripture but they're the proper transgender prophets or male prophets who wanted to behave as females were the prophets of goddesses. So we have to go back to that, study that, and see that they haven't done anything but cut and paste the flesh where they used to cut and paste material. We have got to stop that. And the church is picking up all of this language because we want to be cool. I sound different because I'm authentic. I'm authentic because I'm archetypical. I'm running on the arts type. What? So you want to, so that means you will be 
an unjust leader because in your world, the, the title gets the break and the servant becomes the slave. So I, so I pay attention to who helps, who shows up, who's got to be drugged, warned, and threatened. Some of the angels of God, so they don't help. So, and, and, and here's the sad part. If your income is tied to your obedience or your contribution or participation in some venture, you will go broke. God will let you keep going broke because he's already allocated your harvest to that venture. And he can, God was like, well, you know, you know, Jesus, well, I told you the poor you have what you always, now you know some reasons why. <laughs> so you can say, I, I don't want to, I'm sorry, that's not me, I don't like, you can say that God doesn't care. You have to understand, you care more about your dropping out than God cares about you dropped out. Because God does not send an assignment to one person. He sends it to a group of people. Because God pays the win. So you don't understand. You don't mind losing. God does. He said, but wait, I can't be, I'm going to be off in Omega and I can't get to Omega. I'm always stuck at Alpha. So you have to understand the angels of God will do that. I'm telling you, it's in Scripture. The angels of God will do it and, and, and because they, they are in a place of righteousness. They've got to judge sin. God said to the angel in Exodus, he said, um, uh, uh, 32 and 23, I believe, 34 and 23, he said, but listen, my, my word is in him, so don't act as if just because he's an angel, you don't have to behave like you would with me. Because my angel will kill you too. We don't know. Again, we're poorly trained. Your life is in the toilet because somebody told you that it was up to you, that God wouldn't force you, that God won't make you do what you don't want to do. See, they lied to you, but Satan lied because he needs you to die. Whether you die physically, financially, professionally, it doesn't matter. The purpose, the thief comes up for the steal, kill, and destroy. So you, are, you have it in your mind that you can opt out and still be blessed up. And that's not happening. God's like, you can, my work's important to me, too. I know it's not important to you, but my work and my duties are important to me because I have people praying to me for something that you are the only one in the vicinity to do right now, and I can't answer their prayer because you won't obey. Because, again, prophecy is for God, not you. And so we have performance, experience, dedicated, recipient, contact, and feedback, knowledge-based protocols, methods, and mannerisms. So these are telling you the clinical uh, class elements and features. Analysis, uh, look at this, analysis of recipient's experience. You look at somebody and they're all stone-faced because, because they're stone-faced, you think the word is land. Oh, yeah, but they didn't receive my word. How do you know? Then you see them three years from the day, and they came, oh, your word. I mean, I was so destroyed. My mother just died that morning, and I was just, so you can't go by that. Evidence and signs of examination, case studies, scripture contemporaries, heuristic trials and testing, praxis and, and pragmatic observation and conclusion, as well as collaboration. How about technical and technique practice, rigorous practice. See, you all only get to, y'all get to read 50 books. And when you read your little books, your trainer, who doesn't know more than the book, will certify you as having learned or having earned or having become. 
sell and having it approved uh, for you. As you can see, read by God's giants that I wouldn't have gotten to if I didn't have the dictionary. Right. You know, it's kind of like you can't get a job without experience, but you can't get experience without a job. I was in that catch-22. So I just wrote, and then I, I spent, I can't even tell you, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars trying to do it myself because I couldn't get anybody to do it with me. They just didn't. It, it, was, it was the heyday of something else. It wasn't my time. It wasn't my heyday. And so I put, when I talk about on the line, we put it all on the line to record it. I tell you again, when I recorded it, I wasn't convinced that I would ever teach it. When I teach my dictionary, people are like, wow, you really did write it. Now I hear people teach it. <laughs> when I hear other people teach it, I'm like, wow, that's really good. Not what I had in mind, but that's good. Because it became a seed that mushroomed so that everybody could get something from it. But I wrote that dictionary because I could not find anybody who was teaching what God was saying to me. And I wrote it, and I couldn't find out the issue. I said, well, God, what is my problem? He said, the problem is they keep talking about their gift and not my office. He said, I want you to write the office because I feel the office. And I need the office occupant and those destined to the office to understand how this goes. So if you look at this, prophecy comes by way of what? Divine inspiration, revelation, dreams, visions, spiritual sight, spiritual hearing, the prophet spirit, and the Holy Spirit. All of these, and you need to be able to understand which one is in effect at what time. Because we, call, we just put everything under this law called prophecy. And everything prophecy is under this this particular outer shell called prediction. And that's not how it works. Prophecy, it has divine, all of these work. And you can get my handbook. If you call the train, you can get my handbook and run with it. So prophecy is a foretelling prediction, a declaration of something to come. <clears throat> from the Hebrew word in the book for predictive writing. It comes from novel to prophesy. Prophecy is a prediction, the ability to see what will happen in the future, and it goes on and on and on. And then, but unlike it, it also says, but it's the vocational condition of a prophet, message of divine truth, revealing God's will and action and acting on its utterance. I should not be prophesying that which I don't think should be enacted or that I can't help people act on. Prophecy is for people to act, not to be entertained, to act. And if you don't know the actions that should accompany your prophecies, then you need to halt until you understand how to act on it prudently. You don't assume. You actuate. You don't assume. And so we can go on and on and on, but I want you, um, and then another thing that prophecy, and I thought you appreciate this, and that is public interpretation of Scripture. You know, in, in, in the Bible days, prophets, every Friday night, prophets, according to the, one of the Jewish encyclopedias, held session to teach people how to live out the law of God, which you see Moses exemplifying in Exodus 18 when he's saying, I tell people their work, I tell them how to live out this, I tell them that. These prophets, when you get with them, all you're going to do is have a prediction party because it's a part of the trail. <laughs> so what does God say? Well, he's telling you, 
It is more than that. And, and the body of Christ won't accept the, the other parts of it because in their mind, that whole civilization part, we're civilizing you to the kingdom. We don't want that civil education. Right. We want prediction and predictive entertainment. <laughs> it's also an expired discourse specifically um, in our theology. It's a discourse flowing from the revelation and impulses of the Holy Spirit. Knowledge of the future usually said to be obtained by um, divine source. So when you think about it, when we talk about it, our job is not just tell you your tomorrow. We need to tell you your yesterday and how you can get ready, how you can fix yesterday and get ready for your tomorrow. Because there are a lot of prophecies that are not happening because you didn't meet the conditions. And that prophet didn't tell you that they were conditions. Okay, this is our last one just for you to understand. So prophecy, prophecy is divine continuum. This whole Bible is God's continuum. And then where it has been, you know, tampered with, you've got the Holy Ghost. The things that I tell you, I tell you because I'm in class with God. Now I'm in his archives. I remember the night I was brought into his archives. I was like, ooh, this is nice. When I was first brought in, I didn't see a book. I just saw this wood, which wood, you know, back then was education, you know, the rod, the learning stick, the tree, trunk, all of that. So wood actually symbolizes learning and education and structure. So <laughs> you can read it in there. You should have read it. Okay, it's in here. It's only 1,600 pages. So I was brought into this room, and the wood was so amazing, but it was this outstanding gold-hued olive green. And I know olive green is the anointing, and the gold is spiritual revelation. And I said, oh, God, and the designs in the walls, it was amazing. Because when you are in the office, God reveals his office to you. As long as you are, what he said, there's a prophet among you, I, the Lord, speak to them what? Mouth to mouth, face to face. <laughs> Not so with my prophet, my servant, most to him, mouth to mouth. I speak to the rest of y'all in a dream and a vision. And half of you all are still in the dream and a vision, and you can't discern the visions of God from your soul, and you can't discern the visions of God from your wants or Satan's. They have, Satan has what he calls the dream angel. That's in the dictionary. So if you look at it, the first thing we have to talk about if we're going to look at God, anyway, you look at Eden prophecy file, Adam, Eve, serpent, and five prophecy files. Every prophecy is affected by or comes from five prophecies, the five Edenic prophecies. And you cannot be a prophet of today and not understand or not be impressed by that. Those five prophecies constitute the divine government that his divine communications is based on. They're earth's creation laws. So if you look at the original law of sin and death, because there are five prophecies that were in, you know, Adam, in the day that you eat, you will die. Prophecy. Adam, flesh and my flesh. She shall be called woman, and a man shall leave his father and his mother. You see how this is going? 
Y'all didn't catch that? And then Satan prophesied. God prophesied, cursed is the ground for your sake. Serpent, you're going to ride on the ground. See, those are proto-archetypical prophecies that everything is prototyped from. You cannot act as if you are God's prophet if you don't care about the foundation of his government and why he's doing what he's doing. I'm getting where I got to go. Okay, so in this, look at this, prophetic records, declassified. If y'all know, see, I have fun with my little artwork. One day I'm going to get me an artist. One day I'm going to get an artist, and all of this is going to be really wonderful, but I would rather show you something rough. I'll go with the crude until I can get with the improved. So you need to know, so we have the pre-flood, we have the, the Adam file, we have the Abraham file, we've got the Balaam file, we've got the Exodus file. So God, your prophecies have to come from God's case file. This is his file box. They have to come from there. You can't go making up something else. I mean, you can, but it won't be God. And here's our last one. Are y'all ready? Where prophecy comes from. God speaking into our times from outside of it, seeing or dreaming the future. God's eternal archives. We just saw those. God's design and order of human events. The Holy Spirit's revelations, God's eternal and ancient words applied to our now. That is the end of today's class, our clinic. See, so we have class, but we're upgrading this to clinic. This is prophecy clinic. So you can go back and you can listen to it. Some of you all can say, but, yeah, I don't know what to do with it. If you're a teacher or a trainer or if you're asking God what to teach, I think I gave you quite a bit for you to do your job. Listen to it and share it and share it. If you're a pastor and you want to get the prophetic moving in your church, this is a great tool to start. You can start using this midweek, Sunday school, something to make it so. So we're going to pick up on this next week when we start doing our clinic is going to. Yeah, we're going to, we'll get into that in depth next week. We run out of time. Thank God for it. Yes, and I can, I can do this on Facebook and give you this kind of substance because I'm not chock full. Listen, you'll pass out before I run out. I have a ton of stuff at Price University, so I and I want you to go to Price University website, and I want you to look at some of our self-study classes. I'm sure that this is probably going to be one of them by the time one of my team fixes it up and make it really nice and whatever, package it. But you, you should know the prophetic is more than prophecy. The prophetic is God's divine communications media. It's an eternal media, an eternal institution that God has disseminated through all of the creatures and nations, etc. that he has. It is disseminated first, which means it's seeded by semen. I just have to help you all get the picture. And the prophets are not something you make. You don't make a prophet. God can move on a being to prophesy, but you don't make a prophet. The fact that he can get a donkey to do it tells you that it's not that for him. So I suggest you, I strongly urge you to share it 
share, share, share. You can post and let me know what you feel. And, you know, Facebook is messing with my posts, so um, we, might, we have to find someplace else for you to log your comments in addition to Facebook because I can't ever get them now, and I can't get them all. Huh? They can watch on YouTube. Too. Okay, YouTube. Do they get comments on YouTube? Okay, do they stay on YouTube? YouTube doesn't keep comments. Yeah. Okay. Well, go to YouTube because they don't – I can't. I want to, I want to hear from you. If you're a teacher, if you're a chief prophet – um, definitely, if you are chief prophet, assistant chief prophet, if you are a prophet, an ordained prophet, I definitely want you to sign up for my private luncheon. But share, 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 share. And since the law of God is that what you receive from a prophet, you have to reciprocate. So I've given you all this good stuff. I need you to reciprocate to me because that is a transaction. We don't realize that prophets are the key to God's heaven to earth transactions in exchange of one thing of value for another. So I gave you spiritual value, you will sell back to me material value. And I can go on and continue writing and, and producing and trying to get these things published. I have so much I'm trying to get published and so many ways I'm trying to do it. I'm also working very hard. I'm praying to God to help me get on more than the channels that I'm on to get this. If you think that's something that should happen, first of all, comment on it, let me know, inbox us and say, you know what, I really think that should happen, and I'm, I want to be a part of it. We right now have a team that wants to redo my studio so that it is more, uh, more modern and uh, more appealing, conducive to what we want. Well, we need your help, you know, and then, well, we can go on. But if you feel like this is worth it, then sow into it. And I'm sure by now Rachel has it online. Join us Sunday at the Embassy, home of the Congregation of the Mighty, where God stands. And until then, hey, I want you to think differently so you can live powerfully by understanding prophecy. God bless you. Have a great weekend.